0: Folks, listen, when I joined the military, I would always do bad, poorly on the hearing test. And it was this left ear. And I, I it would just always be low scores. And um, I just, you know, just when I finally got born again, filled with the Holy Spirit in Cape Cod. I'm just driving down the street. I'm just driving along the canal road where it separates Cape Cod from the rest of Massachusetts on the canal. I'm driving down that road, coming back from the, the uh, radar there, the PayPal's radar, coming back to the base. And um, I'm just singing and praising the Lord. Just like this right now. Just like what Paul and Silas did. This gives you an idea of what was going on with Paul and Silas. That's what they were doing when they were locked up in that prison. This same exact thing right now. And the chains broke. They fell. Oh my goodness. Can you see what happens when when you just get into the presence of the Lord? And you start declaring his names, and I'm just praising the Lord, just praising the Lord. And all of a sudden, this ear got really hot and it popped. And after that, I could hear better out of this ear than this one. I mean, this one's a normal ear. And this one was so, it was like the bionic ear. I mean, and after that, my scores were just really good. I'm I'm telling you, in this presence right now, just release whatever it is. Release it. Let it go. Jesus is here. He's walking around. The Holy Spirit is here. Amen. Let it go. Just release it in Jesus' name. Release it. Man, Wednesdays are awesome. Wednesdays are awesome, nice. I mean, this <laughs> this is the start of the third quarter, right? Wednesday, I mean, this is the time when you get the enemy. He's, he thinks he's got you, but then you come back in and you spend some time with the Lord. And now it's time to do the third quarter, the second, third quarter adjustment when you come out. And the devil's like, ooh, man, where'd you get that? Where, where'd you get that revelation from the Lord? Their eyes were opened in praise. It's Oh, it's in praise and worship. Oh my goodness. Uh, Dr. Savel wrote a book one time in the secret place. You know, spend time in a secret place. And um, this is absolutely what you need to do. It's just exactly what we're doing right now. Just get alone with the Lord. Just start crying and pouring out to him. Just start praising. Just seek his face. And it says in Psalms 91, verse 1, if you dwell in the secret place, if you can get into those secret places with the Lord, and you can do it at your work. I've done it at work before. I did it at the Pentagon, which was funny. I'd go to the bathroom sometimes and do it. But I would just do it. I would just get in the presence of the Lord, go into the back room where the snacks were, things like that, and just get into his presence. Pastor Justin's been encouraging us to do this. I mean, look at at the atmosphere that's been created here tonight. I mean all the waters of life flowing out of us i mean healings take place when this happens answers come when this happens oh my goodness yes hallelujah thank you so much jesus oh worship team i don't know maybe we should stay again all night here (laughs) but i know i know brother phil pastor phil i love you man oh i love you god bless you he's Lord's put it on His heart to share some things, and we're going to go tandem tonight and and tag team. But I just want to share this message with you: Psalms twenty-five and its verse fourteen. That the secrets of the Lord, everything that makes God God, the glory of the Lord. When you got born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, Jesus even said in Mark chapter four, verse eleven, He sat down and said, "These mysteries of the glory of God are for you to fill." the presence of the Lord living on the inside of you, to have his glory and his love living in you. He said the secret counsels of the Lord are for you that fear him. In Psalms 25, 14, for you. And that's what Jesus, he would repeat that literally in Mark chapter four. And he would expound on the scriptures with the disciples when they came and they talked to him. And he began to pour out the mysteries of the kingdom. And he said this, that he will show you the secrets of the covenant he'll show you what makes his covenant work and oh that's what we're doing tonight isn't it he is showing us that he is on the other side of the covenant and he intercedes for us day and night he is interceding right now for you right now interceding for you wanting your eyes to open to the covenant wanting to know who you are wanting to know he's raised you up with him Oh hallelujah! oh man, well I, oh man, brother, oh yeah, now, now, see in Tanzania, bro, you, Vic got to see the Holy Spirit on me, man, I started doing Holy Spirit had me doing some moves it's got to be the Holy ghost, it's got to be the Holy Ghost, and uh they just released joy through. They release their praise through dance also. Man, it does something. It's been doing something for me, so amen. Hallelujah. Well, 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 Brother Phil, Pastor Phil, come on up here. Thank you. Thank you, worship team. Thank you so much. I always tell them every Sunday, take us in, guys. Take us in. Amen. amen.
1: Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. How are you doing tonight? fabulous, awesome. Amen. Praise God, praise God, praise God. Well, Holy Spirit is here and you're here and he wants to do exploits through your life. Amen. What an awesome. Can you imagine what it must have been like to be able to just walk with Jesus for a little while His disciples walked with him for three and a half years. Can you just imagine the anointing That was present in his life through the person of the holy spirit You know, he was a kid just like every other kid he played I'm sure he played some kind of ball whatever they had back in in that time You know, i'm sure he enjoyed himself thoroughly as a as a young lad and so forth, but uh, You know, once he got the infilling of the Holy Spirit in his life, his life literally transformed the world. Changed it totally, completely. Did you know that Jesus Christ is the greatest revivalist that's known to mankind? You want a revivalist to show up? Jesus is the one that you want with the presence of the Holy Spirit. He wants to do exploits here. At heritage of faith like heritage of faith has never seen before. There's a, something that the Lord gave to me. It's been a number of years ago, but I think it's apropos for tonight. You know, God the Father authored redemption. God the Father, He authored redemption. Redemption. Jesus Christ Himself, the Son of the living God, He fulfilled redemption. And the Holy Spirit now, He activates redemption. You can't get anywhere in the kingdom of God without the person of the Holy Spirit leading, guiding, and directing your life. That was the, that was the game changer... For Jesus himself. He did no miracles. He had none of those things. He, he spoke and he had some excellent speech. And some understanding beyond his years. But as far as miracles, signs, wonders of all kinds. He, he did none until he was baptized himself in the Jordan River. And when he came up out of those waters, Jesus was a different man. He operated and functioned in every gift that is known to mankind in the Scripture. He was an apostle, a prophet, evangelist, a pastor, and a teacher. That's the reason He's the central focus and should be the central focus of our redemptive plan because He's the one that finalized everything that was necessary so that you and I could walk in the newness of life. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm walking in newness of life. Newness, the new stuff, the new stuff, man, the new stuff. This is a new day. This is a new day. God is doing some supernatural things. And if you want to get in on what's going on, then you have to follow after him. Amen. You have to follow the lead that he left behind to take us and guide us and instruct us. And his name is the Holy Spirit. Yeah. The Holy Spirit has come to take you and I into the dimensions that all of you want to go to. Yeah. But you've got to be willing and obedient to follow what it is that he's asking you to do. When he tells you to pick up that phone and call somebody, pick up the phone call somebody. Yeah. If he tells you to pick up you know, your, your instruments in the kitchen to make something up for your neighbor that's just moved in next door or down the street or, or to Pastor Phil's house or, then you need to be obedient. And just do what he said. Isn't that what his mother said? Whatever he tells you to do, just do it. Don't question it. Just do it. Never will forget, Diane and I, when we were pastoring our first church, uh, back then they didn't have cell phones, or at least the ones uh, that, that you would carry around in your car Amen. or in your pocket. You couldn't put them in your pocket. They were too big to put in your pocket. Amen. So the only way that if she was going to be able to get a hold of me, if I was outside of the home, in the car someplace, was she would have to talk to the, to the Lord, to the Holy Ghost, and have the Holy Ghost get my attention. And that's when you find out if you've got the real deal or not. Because I was on a journey. I was do- doing something. I had to run a few errands and everything else. And I was away from the house. And we had an emergency telephone call come in. And Diane uh, said, well, I don't have the car. I-, I-, I can't get there right this minute. And she said, but wait a minute. I'll just talk to the Holy Ghost and he'll tell Phil. Phil will listen. Some of you are looking at me and said, yeah, right. So I was driving along and the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, turn around. You know, I'm I'm, I'm busy. I'm going somewhere. Turn around. It's important. Go home. So I went a little bit, turned around, and went home. When I got home, Diane was standing out on the front porch. She came to dress, came to the car, got into the car, and she says, we got to go to the hospital now. There's an emergency. It pays to know who your Father is. It pays to know that the Holy Spirit is a real entity. He is a person and he knows how to get your attention if you're willing to listen. Yes, sir. Another time I came back, I'm telling you all this because I'm leading up to something. Another time I came back and we were pastoring that same church and I was just about fed up to hear. You ever been fed up to hear with anybody or anything? I was just about fed up to hear with the church. Now, how many of you know that's not a good place for a pastor to be? That's just not a good place. I told Diane, I said, Diane, it's Sunday. I'm not going to the church. I am not preaching. I am not preaching. I'm getting in my car. She had a car. I'm getting in my car, and I'm going to the lake, and I'm going to sit by the lake. I don't remember exact words to me. But uh, it, it was more like. Uh, do you remember? You remember what you told me? Well, tell me.
2: You had a, you had a place, you had a position, and you needed to be ready to be there.
1: Yeah, you told me I was the pastor of the church. You know, that I needed to be there. And I said, nope, I'm not going to be there. I'm gone. I'm, I'm, I'm walking out the door right now. I had all my dress pants. I was dressed for church, but I wouldn't go into church. I did. I got in my car. I went down. I went down to the lake, and I sat down by the lake. And while I'm at the lake, uh, just, you know, being mad. They don't appreciate us. Blah, 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 blah. Just... Belly aching, crying. I wasn't crying, just mad. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said to me, hush. And I looked around behind me and I thought, well, there's not anybody here. He said, I said, hush. You get up from there, dust your pants off, get in that car, get down to the church. That's your assignment. I said, but I don't want to go. He said, but I'm telling you to go. He said, if you don't go, then we're going to lift the anointing from your life. I jumped up off, dusted off back of my pants, got to the church just after they finished all of the music and everything else. Diane was just about to get up and she was going to stand behind the pulpit and preach. And I told her, sit down. I need to get up behind the pulpit and preach. And she said, but you're... When you left the house, your your spirit wasn't right. You weren't right. You just weren't right. I said, I'm all right now. I took care of things on the way in. So I got up. I got up. And I don't remember exactly what I preached on. But... It made all the difference in the world because after I thought about it, I said, "Thank God for the Holy Spirit." The Holy Spirit knows your ups; He knows your downs, and everything else. He knows all the ins and outs. You know, pastors aren't perfect. No, they're not. Are we, Pastor Justin? We're just not perfect. I know. Lots of times, people in the congregation think that, but we're not perfect. We make mistakes in life. It's not intentional most of the time. Mine was. (laughs) For that one event anyway. But God knows everything. That's how much He cares about you as an individual and as He cared for me as an individual. That He was willing for the Holy Spirit giving Him instructions to give to me to take care of my business. And to fulfill the obligation and the responsibility that I had as a pastor of a church. How many of you know a pastor? You, you know, you're married to the flock. You're married to the flock. You know, and how many of you know sheep stink sometimes? Look at your neighbor, and he said, he, just tell him, he's talking about you, not about me. No, be careful. You get the point, don't you? The Holy Spirit of the living God is here so that He can help us to get over our obstacles in our life, all the hurdles that we face, all the opposition that we might have with humanity of any kind, whether in the church or out of the church, so that we can be examples of who Jesus is in a lost and a dying world. He wants us to grab a hold of everything that is necessary that will take care of you and I to complete our task. Open up your Bibles, if you would, real quickly to John's Gospel, chapter 16. John's Gospel, chapter 16. I tell you what, through the years, you know, even though I've pastored for 41 years and spent a, a lot of other time, uh, probably another 10 years, uh, just operating and functioning in, in ministry, helping other ministries and everything else. We've been here for six years, so that made it 47 right there, you know, but there's been other years that we spent helping other ministers uh, in the gospel to fulfill the vision of their house. And that's what our calling is. That's what, that's what we're here to do. That's what Diane and I are here to do, is to help our pastors to fulfill the vision of the house. Amen? Amen. Amen. We, know what is, we know what pastors go through. We won't know what they face and everything else, the obstacles, the things that they have to deal with and so forth. But there's one thing that is extremely important in all of this, All of us are trying to please the Father and to fulfill the mandates that are upon our lives. So in uh, John's Gospel, chapter number 16, we're going to start at verse number 7. He said, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. It was important that Jesus left this planet called earth, his assignment, once he fulfilled redemption, was to be seated at the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and I. That's where he's at right now. Seated at the right hand of the Father. And he said that the Holy Spirit would not come. Aren't you glad he was obedient to the Father? He said, but if I depart... I will send Him to you. If I depart, I will send Him to you. And when He is come, when He is come, when He the person, the Holy Spirit is come, He is going to do some things. He will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they believe not on me Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and you see me no more. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Listen, there's a good word right there. If you and I can get a a revelation, the devil is a defeated foe. He is defeated. I don't care what he's been up to. I don't care what he's gainslayed and tried against you and tried to harm you in any possible way. He is a defeated foe and you need to let him know it. He cannot have you. You cannot let him have you. You cannot let him have your kids. You can't let him have, you know, anything that is rightfully yours. If he takes it from you, he has to repay it back. If you catch him, you have to, he has to repay it back sevenfold. Not seven times, sevenfold. That means more than seven times. If you got a piece of paper and folded it seven times, you'd find out there's a big difference. In the fold, how many of you know we're supposed to get a hundredfold? The amount of folds and the numbers that you end up with, if you have a huge sheet of paper that could be folded a hundred times, you would see it would go into the billions. Maybe even further than that. A fold. There's a difference between times and fold. Just talking about the goodness of God and, and, and the greatness of who the Holy Spirit is. The prince of this world is judge. I have yet many things to say unto you, but you cannot bear them now. How be it? Everybody see that? In the King James it says, how be it? In other words, pause for understanding. How be it? When He, the Holy Spirit of truth is come, He will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, and shall show it unto you. Now, how many of you believe that applies to you? So that's the reason that we need to follow his lead. Wherever he leads, you follow him. Go where he tells you to go. Do what he tells you to do. Stop when he tells you to stop. Pause when he says to pause. Do whatever he tells you to do. The greatest friend that you will have. How many of you know he is a friend that sticks closer than the brother? It's the Holy Spirit. It's not Jesus. It's the Holy Spirit. It is who Jesus is in this earth. And the thing about it is, is he came to dwell on the inside of you. And when he came in on the inside of you, he brought all of himself on the inside of you. He has all of the fruit of the Spirit. He has all of the gifts of the Spirit. Yes, he has the mind of God. Yes, he has the truth, on, and the truth is what makes you free. Yes, sir. The Holy Spirit is the key to the end time revival move.
2: Yes, sir.
1: Now, there's three phases of we call revival. You know, revival is nothing more than those that have been revived. you got to get revived to have revival. I mean, we can go through traditional things in church and just be churchy. We can also be high-minded. Thank you for all the amens and hallelujahs. He's trying to let us know that he wants to do a perfect work through your life so so that we can be like Jesus we are his hands extended right how many of you know Jesus is the head of the church we are the body thank God Jesus is the head of the church I don't know how we got the idea that we are the hierarchy in the church world You know, well, I better not say that. I better not say that. So revival is the act of the revived coming together to bring about whatever it is that God wants to do. Which the next step into the revival atmosphere is called outpouring. Outpouring is where you see the gifts of healings, working of miracles and special faith, come into play and into existence. All of the manifestations actually go into operation in the outpouring. Words of knowledge, you know, word of wisdom, discerning of spirits. You know, discerning of spirits is seeing into the spirit world. Brother Branham could see into the spirit world. God gave him that ability to be able to do so. It's one of the manifestations that is in the Bible to where we can see into the spirit world. When you can see into the spirit world, you'll see not only angelic beings, but you'll see demonic forces. Yes,
2: sir.
1: And so we need to realize that God wants to do a supernatural thing. So go with me, if you would, to the book of Acts. Acts. And I want to talk about Philip just for a few minutes then I'm going to turn it back to Joseph. In the book of Acts chapter number 8 Philip Philip was a deacon. He had been called to be a deacon in the body of Christ of that day in Acts chapter number 6. He was called a deacon. But Philip is about to transition into a different facet of ministry in his life. He gets a a divine unction from the Holy Spirit to move into a different direction. And I want to pick it up in verse number five. There was, well, before I go there, there was great commotion going on in Jerusalem. There was there was great persecution that was taking place. Saul of Tarsus was on a rampage. He was throwing Christians in prison. He was having them killed. All kinds of things were going on. There was great perplexity in the body of Christ at the time. But in the midst of perplexity, the Holy Ghost was still moving. And the truth of the matter is, is he found that the Christians were being dispersed all over the place. And so, in verse number 5, it says, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, and he preached Christ unto them. And the people, with one accord, gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. He transitioned from a deacon to an evangelist. An evangelist, one of their main functions is to operate in the three manifestations of gifts of healings, working of miracles, and special faith. Or it says faith in the scripture, but it's a special faith. It's able to believe for somebody else. The ability supernaturally to believe for somebody else to get whatever it is that they have need of. You find that in the scripture where you read about uh, the man that was, uh, had the palsy and was, care- was born of four. They believed if they could get him to Jesus and let down uh, in front of Jesus, get him to him somehow, that the man could get his healing. They were believing for the supernatural for that man. The man wasn't believing for it. Nobody else obviously was believing for it. They got him into the presence of Jesus. And the Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, when he saw the special faith in operation, then he moved upon the man that was on the, on the bed, told him to pick up his bed and walk. And he got up and he walked out of the building. Supernatural. Well, Philip is one of these kind of guys that God is able to use him because he's willing to follow The Spirit, He didn't fuss about becoming an evangelist. He just stepped over from deacon and transitioned into the gifting and the calling of an an evangelist and began to perform. He immediately went down to Samaria. How many of you know that's not a good place for the Jews to go? They were half Jew and half Gentile. They weren't supposed to speak. That was the woman at the well. She was a, a Samaritan woman. And Jesus was talking to her. And the disciples got all over his case for talking to her. Who are you? Why are you talking to that lady? Because they were half-breeds. Wasn't pure stock. How many of you come from pure stock? Pure. Pure. ought to all have your hands up. You do now. You've been born again. You've taken on a whole new DNA. Amen. You ought to all have your hands up. Yeah. If you don't have your hands up, get yourself down here so we can get you saved. Okay. I just having some fun with you. All right. So Philip is following the course that the Holy Spirit is taking him down. Willing to do it. Has a great revival. Let's read about it. It says, and, uh, and the people, in verse number 6, and the people with one accord uh, gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. They created an atmosphere that became conducive for the Holy Spirit to do what needed to be done. The key to revival and the revival sessions to transpire and take place is that we get in unity, in agreement, so that we can have the Holy Spirit move. He's a gentleman. He will not force the issue. He will not force revival on us. He will not take us to outpourings if we don't really want it or understand it. You don't have to understand it to want it. How many of us in here believe in Jesus? Why do you believe in Jesus? How many of you were there when He was crucified? If you were, you're really old. <laughs> well over 2,000 years old. No, you weren't there. You believe in something that you have never seen. You believe in... You, you believe in a story about a man that gave his life for the entire world. And you believe that. How did you believe that? It says, by grace are you saved through faith. Well, where did you get the faith? Faith isn't something you get when you get born again. Faith is something that you have on the inside of you because God created you in his own image and his own likeness. You have the ability to receive, you just have to activate it. And the only one that activates anything is the Holy Ghost. Amen. That's good preaching. So let's, let's, let's go on the story. He said, For unclean spirits crying out with a, a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many that were taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. I guess so. I guess so. If every one of you comes walking in here one day and says, Ain't nothing wrong with me anymore. I'm healed from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. I don't have one thing wrong with me. I don't have one ailment. I don't have one pain. I don't have one one anything. I don't have an itch on my body. I don't have nothing. Everything is healed. In Jesus' name, the leper that came to Jesus, the ten lepers that came, and one came back. He said he made him every whit whole. How many of you know what leprosy does to the physical body? It eats away everything that it possibly can get a, a contact with. Lose their fingers, lose their toes, you know, lose their hands. Lose. I mean, he was made every whit whole. Everything that was lost was restored. He walked away completely, totally healed. I look forward to the day that we come. We're going we're to come to that day. We're coming to that day. We're approaching that day. We're, we're on the preface of something about to really transpire and to happen. It's, it's already brewing in the spiritual arena up here. It's already happening. The devil has already been put on notice. He's not going to be able to do a thing about it. He's not going to be able to stop what's going to transpire and take place. There's an explosion that's about to take place inside of our city. We have to believe that. Let's go on. Great joy was in the city. Drop down to verse number 14. It says, Now when the apostles which were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent unto them Peter and John, Holy Ghost experts. They became experts in a very short period of time. They became so infilled with the Holy Spirit of God, God was able to send them down, who when they were come down, they prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Ghost. For as yet he has fallen upon none of them, only they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Philip did a good job. Amen. He turned the city right side up. He got all the devil worshipers out of there. He got all the sorcery out of there. He ran all of that up, turned the city right side up. The whole city. Well why can't it start with Crowley? Yeah. Yeah. It's happening. Yeah. We just need to lay claim on that. Yeah. Then lay their their hands on them and they receive, received the Holy Ghost. Now jump down to verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip. Now he had an unction to function to go down Samaria, the greatest revival at the time, known in that region, was happening right there in Samaria. Now, if you're the preacher that's been preaching the revival that's in Samaria, and great things are happening, and everything else, how many of you know you probably think twice about leaving to go someplace else? You might even question the voice of the angel that came to you and said, it's time for you to move on, because that's what he's about to tell him. Why would you want to leave a place where great revival is transpiring? What if all of a sudden the revival really begins to mushroom and everybody in here, they get healed, delivered, set free from everything else. And you're enjoying yourself. You see the fruits of all that God has uh, promised that we can have. And the Lord says to you, I need you to get up from here and I need you to go to the Gaza desert. That's what the angel said. If you go down and read, you in verse 26. I'll get there just a sec. Did I flip my page? No. Verse number 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip saying, arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. Next verse. And he arose, didn't question it. Didn't fight with the the angel concerning it. Didn't know what his mission was going to be, why he was going to the Gaza desert. That was not told to him. So he didn't know for himself what ministry opportunity that he had because it was unknown to him. He just simply told him, get up, go down to the Gaza desert. And what does he do? And he arose and he went and behold, a man of Ethiopia... Uh, and a a eunuch of great authority under Candace, queen of the Ethiopians, who had uh, the charge of her treasure and had come to Jerusalem for to worship, was returning and sitting in his chariot, uh, read uh, Isaiah the prophet. Then the spirit said unto Philip, he said, go near and join thyself to his chariot. Now, I want you to see something here. Uh, Maybe you didn't see this. Or maybe you haven't seen this. Philip has gone to the Gaza desert and he's just waiting. He's waiting for instruction. What do I do next? Where do I go? And here comes a chariot with an Ethiopian in it. He doesn't know that he is... Has great authority and position. He just won a whole city, Samaria, to the Lord. Turned it around. He doesn't know what's up. So that the spirit says, not an angel. The spirit says unto him, "Go join yourself to that chariot. Get over there and run. Start running by it. Now, how many of you know that chariots don't just?" They don't have little burros or donkeys. I mean, he's going, I'm sure, at a decent pace. And Philip takes off, catches up to the, to the chariot. Now, if I was the chariot driver, and I saw somebody on the side, I would question that. I would probably stop the chariot find out what the dude is doing and why he's running and how come he's able to be able to keep up. If the Holy Ghost tells you to do something, you can do it. Okay. And he asked him, (laughs) and Philip ran thither to him and he heard him read the prophet Isaiah and he said, understandest thou what thou readest? And he said, how can I accept some man should guide me? And he desired Philip that he would come up and sit with him. Now he's running all along. They're having a conversation. Philip is doing just fine. He's not out of breath or anything else. He's running right along with the chariot. I don't know what the driver's thinking. If I was the driver, I would freak out. But nonetheless, he says, come and join me. So he just... Gets into the chariot, sits down, begins to read what it was that that he had been reading in Isaiah and he begins to preach unto him Christ. Now I want to go down to the last part and we'll be through. Verse number 39. Oh, excuse me. He asked, he asked Philip in verse number 35. Then Philip opened his mouth and he began to the same scripture and he preached unto him Jesus. And as they went on their way, they came unto a certain water and the eunuch said, see here is water. What doth hinder me to be baptized? And Philip said, if thou believest with all thine heart, thou mayest. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the son of God. And he commanded the chariot to stand still, which tells me they were moving. This whole time they're moving. Stand still. And they went down both into the water, both Philip and the eunuch, and he baptized him. And when they were come up out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord called away Philip that uh, the eunuch saw him no more and he went on his way rejoicing. So what happens to Philip? He disappears. He didn't cry, Scotty, be me up. The Spirit took him out in the Spirit. Philip was in the Spirit. Flowing, doing what God told him to do, just like you're going to be in the Spirit. Amen. I have heard of stories, maybe you have too, that there have been preachers that have been transferred from one location to another location. From one country to another country. Now, what you and I need to realize and understand and to know is that the Holy Spirit has no limitations. He will go as far as you will allow Him to go with you. He will take you into the fourth dimension if you want to go into the fourth dimension. He'll take you even higher than that if you want to go. If you want to go, there is no limits or restraints that are on him. Neither are there any restraints that are on you and I. What limits you and I is what we think and what we believe. What do I believe? Philip believed in Jesus Christ, saw the miracles, believed the miracles, wanted to do the miracles, and God used him. In those particular situations and circumstances, wouldn't, wouldn't wouldn't change a thing. Vic, instead of being transported by an airplane, God just transports you. If he can do it for Philip, he goes to another town of Zotus, which is 50 miles away. And he's, he's in Zotus preaching, preaching the word. Never stopped preaching, just kept on going. You're up. Amen.
0: I'm, often, I'm wondering if I should just even start. I mean, just let you continue and finish. Um, hallelujah. You know, um, how do we get close to the Holy Spirit? I mean, how do we get to the place to where we're yielded to Him. And I think one of the joys that we've been having here at church, listening on Sunday, um, to start spending time in the Holy Ghost, praying in the Spirit. And um, to me, that was the closest way I get to the Holy Spirit, is praying in the Spirit. Um, it, there is just something special and precious about going in the secret place and just locking in with the Holy Spirit. And you begin to fine-tune yourself spiritually to his voice. You're in his presence. He begins to speak to you, love on you, talk to you. So that when you're in your workplace, so that when you're out about on the street and he speaks, all of a sudden you hear his voice. I mean, it's just that clear and that quick and that simple. Um, and that's the wonders and the joys about that. I was looking at... Um, John and I was looking at the fifteenth chapter and I was looking at verse twenty six and it says in John fifteen, twenty-six, it says, When the comforter is come, whom I'm going to send unto you from the Father, the Spirit of Truth, which proceeds from the Father, he shall testify of me. Now, when when I got born again and the Holy Spirit got filled with the Holy Spirit, I said, Jesus, I never met you. And and Pastor Phil had alluded to that. I never met Jesus. Jesus, I never met you. You know, who am I to go out and to speak your word, right? And I'm telling you, by spending time in in prayer, spending time in the spirit, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and brought me to that scripture right there. I'm the one that's going to do the testifying of Jesus through you. I'm going to be the one that does that. And it was like a weight just lifted off of me. And all of a sudden I realized, I'm not the one that's going to lead these people to Jesus. I'm not the one that's going to be doing these miracles. I'm just going to be a vessel that he is going to use. I'm going to yield my mouth to him. I'm going to yield my heart to him. I'm going to yield my thinking to him. I'm going to yield everything to him. And when he says to say this word, I'll say it. And when he says to lay your hand, I'll lay it. And... It just did something to me. Learning how to yield to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Time and prayer. And that's what's been coming up with with gifts and the tongues and and praying in the Holy Spirit. But what I wanted to do, because I don't want to spend too much time, because I don't want to... Man, that was just an awesome word. Amen. It's just awesome. Pastor Justin, when, when he introduced the word revival, okay, and he began to go over definitions of revivals one of the things that caught me was, one of the definitions that he had heard from the Holy Spirit was, removing myself, separating myself from the world, separating yourself from the world, separating yourself from the things of the world, right? And getting in a place and in a position that you reconnect to the Holy Spirit. I thought that was one of the best definitions I ever heard of revival. Because think about it. You are disconnecting from the world, and you are plugging into the Holy Spirit. I mean, you are just focusing so much on Him that you don't even care anymore about the world. You're not moved anymore from the world. You're not thinking like the world anymore. You're spending so much secret time in the, in, in the secret place, in the intimate place, that you're beginning to dwell and live in His presence, and you're connected to another source. Hallelujah. But I'd like to go to John 17, and I'd like to go to verse 20, and I'd like to start in verse 20 and to go all the way down to verse 24. Verse 20. Pastor Justin, when he opened up in prayer today, and as we're praying before the service starts, he starts to talk about Moses, and he starts talking about presence of God and he begins to start going over the names of the Lord and you'll notice that when Moses was put in that position to where he could see the Lord what was the first thing the Lord did he spoke his name the Lord the Lord that was the very first thing he did when Moses was in his presence those are covenant names you know the covenant name of the Lord he spoke to him I want you to catch that. I want you to see that, okay, and he wants to see his glory now look at what look at what verse twenty starts out as Let's see if you put it up there. I'm not, pr- now look, look at what Jesus is doing here. After he's talking about the Holy Spirit, how when he's, he dies, he's gonna send him. When he's raised from the dead, that spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is gonna be the same exact spirit he's gonna send to you, the resurrected, risen spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, coming into you, the gift of the Father, right? And then he goes on to say this for those who think it's not for today. I'm not praying for these disciples alone. But I'm praying for them also, which shall believe on me through their word. Like what Pastor Phil was saying. I've never met Jesus. Oh, but I got his word. And I had the Holy Spirit talk to me when the word was given to me by somebody on the street. When someone ministered to me, right? And it began to do a work in me. Go to verse 21. So that we all may be one. This is why Jesus died on the cross. Sent the Holy Spirit so that we all may be one. Now think about Moses wanting to see his glory. Think about Philip in John chapter 14 when he's talking to Jesus. Just show us the Father, just like you did Moses, and that'll suffice. And Jesus looks at him and he says, how long have I been with you? If you've seen me, you've seen the glory, you've seen the love of the Father, you've seen everything that Moses asked for and wanted to see, you're seeing it in me And I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. Look at this. So that you may all be one as thou, Father, are in me and I in thee. So that you also may be one in us. Oh, look at this. So that the world may believe. They may believe. They may believe that thou hast sent me. This is powerful stuff. The glory of the Lord on the inside of you. Access to that glory by faith, grace, and the ability to be used by the Holy Spirit to yield to him, to be used by him to lay hands on somebody, to be used by him to be the actual arm of the Lord, to be the actual instrument of God, the Father himself, and the love and the glory of the Lord coming in you and through you. Mm. Go to the next verse. Go to verse 22. Oh, there it is. And the glory. Let that sink in a second. The glory which you have given me, Jesus, right? I'm going to give to you. I mean, when when I read that in the scriptures, I identify That's me. I'm identifying myself in the scriptures there. My eyes began to open. That was a prayer Pastor Justin prayed as we were getting ready to start service, that our eyes might open, that we might understand who we are, who's in us. The glory, the special privilege of having the Holy Spirit on the inside of us, the special privilege of learning how to connect to him instead of the world and to be able to be used by him the glory which you gave me, I have given them so that we may be one. So that we, all of us, may be one. Uh, I'm going to say this again because the church I grew up in didn't believe in this. They didn't minister this. There was no way you could ever have this opportunity. Okay, maybe one even as we are one. Oh man, Just, just let that sink in a second. Let that sink in a second. Who do you, who, how do you see yourself now? Can you see yourself in the scripture here? Brother Vic, I found myself in the scripture. I found myself in the scripture. I saw who I was in the scripture. This is Who prayed this prayer? Did I write this? I, no, Jesus did. Okay, go to the next verse. I in you thou in me so that they may be made perfect in one. My inabilities, my insecurities, my weaknesses, my sicknesses. That's why Jesus came. Poverty, no more. Sickness, no more. You know, mind play games from the devil, no more, no more. He's in me. I'm in him. The glory of the Lord living on the inside of me. It's available. It's there. All we got to do is turn it on. All we got to do is stir it up. All we got to do is, is spend time in His presence. All we got to do is learn how to yield to the Holy Spirit. Spend time with Him, right? This is the year of the maximum. Imagine this. We're all going to be maxed out in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. We are going to be maxed out in the Holy Ghost. Ooh, boy, Brother Danny, it's coming, man. It's coming. Amen. It's going to a higher level, man. Oh, my goodness. I mean our lives are going to a higher level. Hallelujah. It's going to a higher level, right? And this is now now see why the Lord wants to do this so that the world may know that you have sent me. And there's the love that was being prayed this right before service by Pastor Justin, the love of the Lord, so that that love of the Lord can be in us. Mm. And that they can know that the Lord loves them, all of us, just as much as he loves Jesus. Man, that just, oh, ooh, it, it makes me want to run. And in verse 24, Father, I will that they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am seated with Jesus at the right hand of the Father, partaking of the blessing, partaking of the anointed, raised up with Jesus. Man, read Ephesians chapter 2 when you're spending time with the Lord. It'll get you just jumping up and down, shouting hallelujah. I had a sin nature, but no more. That sin nature is gone. Now I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He raised me up with Jesus. He seated me with Jesus in the heavens, in the heavenly, the courtroom of heaven with him. Mm. That's where the Lord wanted us to be right be with me where i am so that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me for you loved me lord before the foundation of the world is there anything that the lord's put on your heart pastor justin is there anything that the lord's put on your heart to say anything else okay yes
2: You know, just as we close this out, um, there's a key scripture that um, he read John 15, and you get into verse 16, verse 1. He says this, I write these things so that you don't stumble. I think too often we don't understand that because of the power of the Holy Spirit and surrendering to the Holy Spirit, I have the ability to be free from sin. He says I write these things to you. So that you don't stumble. And the, the biggest challenges. Are the things that we. Choose to connect with. Paul said it this way. Those that mind the things of the flesh. Will, will do the things of the flesh. But those that mind the things of the spirit. Will do the things of the spirit. The thing is, is we have too often a time of what we're minding or what we're connecting to. If we constantly connect with the flesh, then you can only connect with the flesh. That's going to be your response. But he said, I write these things that you don't stumble. What was he talking about? The Holy Spirit. And if we mind the things of the Spirit, we won't fulfill the lusts of the flesh. That's how we walk free, and that's how the world will recognize what's different about you. I'm minding the things of the spirit. And that's what why I talked about praying in the spirit, because the more we pray in the spirit, what are you doing? You're minding the things of the spirit. You're connecting your your mind. If you have your flesh here and your spirit here, your mind is the connection point of both things. The mind and the flesh. I'm sorry, the spirit and the flesh. The where the flesh and the spirit meet is the mind. And so it's whatever you're feeding the most is the direction you go in your life. If I'm feeding my flesh, then that's the direction I'm going to go in my life. But if I'm feeding my spirit and I'm tapping into and my I have my mind on the things that are of the spirit, then the thing is then now my mind's going to be directed by my spirit and not by my flesh. Does that make sense? And so then you can look back in your life and you can find out. That's why I couldn't get free of that. Why? Because I was continually minding the things of the flesh. Instead of, let me focus on the spirit and not worry about my flesh and realize my spirit, when my spirit becomes stronger than my flesh, then it's what directs my life. Make sense? Amen. Was there anything else? Good. Amen. You've received this tonight. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for the word. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for teaching us and directing us. And causing us to see ourselves on another level. Thank you that we will come to a place where we live on another level. Because Jesus said, "I write these things that you don't stumble." And if we don't stumble, that means we become and we walk like Pastor Phil said, just like a Philip in this generation. Philip was a New Testament believer, not an old. This is this is for someone that was born again, spirit filled. And we can walk in that same kind of newness of life. We thank you for it tonight. Thank you, Father, that as we depart tonight, I thank you, Lord, that we will, you deposit that seed. You've been depositing that seed on the inside of us. That we will come to a place where we're more spiritually minded than we are natural minded. Holy Spirit, seal this message. Seal what took place during worship in our hearts as we depart, as we go home. And Lord, that we will continue to have a growing hunger for the things of the Spirit. And the things that are of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You receive this tonight. Amen. I thank you, guys. Thank you for your obedience. Amen. Praise the Lord.